0: quite end, and now they will end here as Ohio State will inbound to a chorus of boos at the end of this one because the crowd is not happy with the officials, neither was Brad Underwood and his coaching staff, and everybody calms down enough to shake hands and uh, go to the separate locker rooms, 77-67, Ohio State gets a win in Big Ten play here in Chicago after trailing at the half, 38-34.
1: Well, the Illini show some fight, but the Windy City ultimately unkind. Illinois falls to the Ohio State Buckeyes 77-67 to at the United Center. Ohio State 8-1, 2-0 in league play. Illinois drops to 2-7, 0-2 in Big Ten play. How you doing, everybody? I am Tim Dittman alongside Michael Kaiser. Evan Kahn is our studio engineer here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. We're breaking this one down. The Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show comes up very soon. But first, it is our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management and Stocks Office Furniture. Michael, we heard it there on that last highlight, the crowd booing the calls by the officials. And we can talk all we want about that tonight. But at the end of the day, Illinois goes 9 of 22 on layoffs and has another typical second half and lets one get away tonight.
2: Yeah, and that was my concern at halftime was, you know, okay – Illinois is winning at halftime against a team that uh, you're not sure if they're going to win the game or not, not expected to win going in at least. Uh, I thought Ohio State would win by 10, 12 points at least going into the game. Uh, Illinois is incredibly competitive in the first half. Again, had the lead at halftime. But I was like, okay or is Illinois going to have another one of these difficult second-half stretches uh, to where they fall out of the game when the I did just that. I believe it was, I'll look it up here in a minute, 51-48 at, uh, Illinois was leading. Somewhere right around there, we could look it up later. But um, And then the next thing you know, Illinois is down 63-53. And it's another one of those poor runs. Yes, the officiating was terrible, but I I don't think that had any impact uh, on today's game whatsoever.
1: Want to know what you think about this game? Want to know what you think about the Chicago game? Poor crowd tonight. How can that be improved? And I want to know as well, and I'll ask you, Michael, later in the program, where are the wins going to come from Illinois this season? I see two more games that are probably ones you can check in the win column. After that, I don't really know. It's our Rapid Reaction brought to you by Cozette Asset Management and Stocks Office Furniture. On the other side of this timeout, we open up the phone lines, we open up the text lines, we want to hear from you. Illinois falls to Ohio State in Chicago, 77-67.
0: The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of Newstalk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, News Gazette Media (laughs) Station.
3: Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini athletics, News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post game show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC bank phone line 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Tim Dittman and Michael
2: Kaiser.
0: Cut off of the free throw line, bad pass. Tried to get it to Jallo. Nichols with the steal. Layup is good! And he's going to get it and one. Nichols with the steal, the layup, and the foul on the Buckeyes going the other way.
1: Kipper Nichols re-enters the starting lineup after an early season slump, has a game-high 18 points. Trent Frazier also with 18, had an injury scare there late in the game, but ultimately came back. Brad Underwood said it's probably a bruised tailbone. But in the end, things don't go Illinois' way in Chicago, Ohio State 77, Illinois 67, Illinois falls to 2-7 on the year, 0-2 in Big Ten play. How you doing, everybody? This is the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show on Newstalk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. I'm Tim Dittman alongside Michael Kaiser. Evan Kahn is running the controls this evening. Scott Beatty, by the way, with the Illini Women's Basketball tonight. They picked up a big win at State Farm Center, so Congrats to them. But we want to know what you think about the men's game tonight. You heard Gene Honda give the numbers there. We'll give them to you one more time. PNC Bank fan line is 356 PNC Bank is the official bank of the University of Illinois. Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line is 3515357. And you can tweet at us using the hashtag PNC Illini. We go to the phones, and that's where we find Ken in Oklahoma. Hey, Ken.
4: Hello there, Tim and Scott.
1: Tim and Michael, but go ahead.
4: Okay, I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I can't get, I don't understand. 13 missed layups. How many of those were Frazier?
1: Well, they don't track that in the box score. We'd have to go back and watch the game. But uh, I'd say he had his fair share.
4: Well, he, he, he's fine when he uh, steals the ball. Then I, I don't mind if he goes under the goal then because he made quite a few that way. But he cannot... And go against those big guys. I I, I tell you, I, it just disturbs me so much that. And I was so so glad we got Underwood. I I live, as you know, at Oklahoma. And I why don't we create some spots for Kipper? He's one of the best players we got. And we don't shoot enough three point shots, in my opinion. We we try to go right after that goal too much. We don't have a team that does that. He keeps saying that we want to go get more layoffs Well, we don't have a team to do that. We don't have a. We don't have a height from Fraser or even uh, Carson, not Carson, but uh, I can't think of the other guy's name. And the big guy, he, he tries to shoot the little hook shots, and half the time he gets those blocks. I, I don't know. Uh, I wish you guys would, would just talk about what's going on.
1: All right, Ken, thanks. A lot to unpack there. Uh, appreciate you calling from Oklahoma, one of our frequent callers here on the post game show. He talked about Trent Frazier to start, and Brad Underwood did say preseason that, you know, Trent, he's a fantastic player, but he is who he is. He's his best on the perimeter when he drives in. Uh, and again, this is Brad Underwood speaking preseason, not me. I happen to agree with him, but I'm just telling you what Brad said preseason. He needs to do more than just bang bodies down there. He needs to be a little more physical and maybe draw some fouls. So I do agree with with Ken on that. Um, I think Ken maybe is making things out to be a little more of a disaster than they really are. I agree that I want to poorly tonight, but I don't know. What do you think, Michael? Yeah,
2: I think the issues at the rim are guys. Um, there was one late where Trent got to the rim. I, I think they're just rushing it. I, I don't think they're under control. I don't think they're... Being fundamentally sound at the rim. I mean, Trent. It was an easy, easy one. I need, I guess I need to watch the replay. Maybe a Ohio State guy got in there and kind of altered the shot at the very end. But I'm obviously going off on of memory at this point for that particular play. But that's a, that's a layup you have to make. You can't miss those. Um, and it's just continual issue of the last couple of seasons of missing layups. Uh, on last season was giving up layups. It was a layup line for defensively, but. Um, you have to make shots at the rim. You you can't miss those consistently. Uh, you miss 13, as we talked about, and as Brad talked about. You make half of those, who win the game. Right. I mean, I don't think I'm asking for much. Make six of the 13 uh, layups that you missed tonight, and and you win the game. And it's a different ball game. And I just it is frustrating to see all the misses at the, at the rim, the tip backs by Bishanis Villy. These guys are just. Because he's missing those, they're just consistently missing shots at the rim over and over again. That when when they need a bucket, and a tip in would be great, they're not getting it. And then as the second half wore on, it was it began to be one and done because Illinois just has no size. Uh, Illinois just does not have any players in the game late today that really could get any offensive rebounds for them, and it just became an, an issue and not getting second chance opportunities
1: points in the paint tonight for Illinois 24 second chance points just 3. A lot of text piling up on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. That is 3515357217 area code in case you're out of the CU area. Uh, Brent in Belleville says, I'm not going to say I love the officiating in this game and I'm pretty sure Ohio State hated it a lot in the first half as well, but let's not forget that the reason we lost this game is because we were atrocious in the second half. We deserve to lose. These are Brent's words because we stink. Well, we made it about uh, five minutes into the post-game show before we got to the officiating, so let's just get it out of our system. Uh, (laughs) Brent is right in that it affected both teams, but I don't even want to call them touch fouls, because I think on some, Feliz and Frazier come to mind, there was no contact whatsoever. I don't get it.
2: I, I don't even... Um, I I can see when a guy falls down that an official like oh someone had to you know knock him over so let's just blow the whistle, um, and and I hate to you know say things about that officials but it is a fact that officials sometimes blow the whistle and call a foul because they expect a foul to take place a lot of times that that's referencing at the rim and they just assume that there is some kind of contact and they blow the whistle. The Trent Frazier fifth foul was was. Is big of a phantom call unless could someone can send me a replay on Twitter or I can see it later on to think that he did something there to even make any contact to cause a foul to foul out of the game. Now, like that didn't matter. The game was over. The Illinois had no chance to win. But it was a horrific call for a guy to foul out of the game. You know, your best three-point shooter. I and mean, the charge call on Trent Frazier was also awful. Like he caught the ball, he cannot look anywhere but the ball coming at him, and he turns and takes a step. And he runs into the guy. That is absolutely not a charge. Robbie Hummel, uh, a former great Big Ten player, um, said that that I don't like backcourt charges. I wouldn't go that far, but there's a rule. You have to give the guy room to make a basketball play after he catches the ball. Can someone tell me how Trent Frazier had the ability to do that on that? So there's two fouls on Trent Frazier that should have never happened. It's not a complaint or a whine because we lost. It's two fouls on our star player that should never have happened. He would have never fouled out of the game. And because of that, he only played 25 minutes. Now you're saying only 25 minutes. Trent Frazier needs to play 32 to 33 Mm -hmm. minutes a game. He's your guy. The offense struggled, and and people get mad when Brad Underwood takes guys out after two fouls. You can't have a third foul with 10 minutes to go in the first half. You need him in crunch time. Yeah, so like you absolutely could not allow Trent Frazier to stay in the game because he is your star player in the first half with two personal fouls. He's the one guy you have to take out. He did bring him back in later but there was a lot of time left in the first half when Trent Frazier came out of the game with the two personal fouls and the offense was stagnant and just, and I'm, I'm going to get I'm get into Aaron Jordan in a minute uh, I, I, I don't know where he was tonight but the, the fact is you, you got to have Trent Frazier on the floor when Trent Frazier got two fouls on him that should have never been called to take him out of the game the last one of course the game was already over it impacts the offense greatly he's that important to the offense and the officials were terrible for both ways. It did no impact on Illinois losing tonight. But it's just disappointing. And, and you and I talked about this before we got on the air. The technical foul on Chris Holtman in the middle of a fast break is inexcusable. You cannot, absolutely cannot blow the whistle on a fast break play because a coach is yelling at you. I don't understand how... Wait
1: until the play ha- In other words, yeah. you're saying wait until the play happens. Yeah, you have to
2: let the play finish or him miss a shot at the rim and then stop it. Like You prevented a potential... Who knows how that play was going to end? Whether IO who had the ball at the time, was going to get to the rim and score or dish it off or dish it out for a three-point attempt. You have to allow the play to finish because it is a fast break. And it's incredibly disappointing that the official called a technical foul right in the middle of a fast break opportunity for Illinois. And it just there's play after play tonight, the officials were just awful. But, again, Illinois' issues, you know, again, the second-half droughts, and we should look that up. Again, it was 51-48 with about 14 minutes to go, and the next thing Illinois knows, they're down 63-53. Final
1: score tonight, Ohio State 77, Illinois 67 up in Chicago. This is the Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show. Time to get our first look at our scoreboard around the world of college basketball and college sports. And Evan Kahn is putting on the headset and the microphone. And, Evan, what do you have for us?
5: Yeah, busy night of college basketball. Not so much in the Big Ten, only our game and the one going on right now. Number 24, Nebraska, leads Minnesota in Minnesota 44-39 at the half some games that went final earlier duke handled hartford 84 to 54 number 13 texas tech over arkansas pine bluff 65 to 47 some schools playing some schools that i don't know Buffa- oh these are always fun buffalo defeated Le L- lemonier your guess best pass is as, as good as mine. Le Moine. I don't I know. Buffalo won. The ranked, is that real? Yeah, Buffalo, which is where Khalil Mack went to college. Um, they're ranked number 17. They won 89-55. Just making it relevant, Michael, you know. Uh, and some games going on right now. How about them Cowboys? Tied at 33 between number 21 Villanova and Temple, a Philly battle there. And then North Carolina currently leads... UNC Wilmington 44-235 at the half.
2: I need to know uh, this, you know, next time New Jersey Institute of Technology plays again. <laughs> that school is somehow real as well for play like Division one basketball.
1: Evan, thank you very much. We'll check back in with you later. Evan Kahn on our scoreboard, and he is our uh, producer for all of our game day for football and men's basketball. We'll take a timeout. We've got some texts to get to, and the phone lines are wide open. Uh, several texters wanting to talk about the game in Chicago, and Michael and I have some thoughts on that as well, so we will get to that here on the Fasteners Etc. game show. The final tonight, Ohio State 77, Illinois 67.
0: Police, right wing Devontae Williams, right side outside the NBA line, handoff from Vili to Police under the basket, kicks it right wing, Jordan puts it on the deck, kicks it left corner, Demonte for three, and he got it, and that's how the offense is supposed to work, Demonte <laughs> wide open in the left corner, knocks down the three, his fourth made three of the year.
1: That was early on in the first half, made it 13-11, and that away though ends up falling in this one, 77-67, they... Led at the half, 38-34, outscored by Ohio State in the second half, 43-29. And again, 77-67 the final up in Chicago. Illinois 2-7 on the year, 0-2 in conference play. Again, these two early uh, Big Ten games. And uh, UNLV coming to State Farm Center on Saturday. All right, this is the Fasteners Etc. post-game Show. Tim and Michael with you, Evan Kahn behind the scenes PNC Bank Fan Line is three five six nine three nine seven. Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line is three five one five three five seven. We have some texts to get to, but I know Michael. Before the break, you wanted to talk uh, a little bit about Aaron Jordan tonight. Uh, Thirty four
2: minutes, but just six points. That's that's the thing. Is uh, not even just the six points. It's the amount of shots. And I and and this Sunday night. I was on Trent Frazier about his lack of shots. He took seven shots, and Trent Frazier has to shoot the ball more than seven times or Illinois will not win games. If he takes seven shots, it's most of the time, unless I O and Kipper and others go off, Illinois will not win that game. Trent Frazier is that critical to the offense. So I was critical of that tonight. He was very active from the get-go, and Illinois' offense looked a lot better when he was on the floor. Tonight, Aaron Jordan took three shots. Made one, took one three-pointer and made it. Aaron Jordan has got to shoot the ball more. His three-point shooting, when he can get open, and I know I don't, this is Big Ten basketball. These guys know each other like the back of their hand. They are they they know each other so well that you know they scout. They just it's just scouting against a conference opponent, especially at this level. You it's, have so much to work with. Yeah, it's just great. It, it's just so good. And so they know that Aaron Jordan is a three-point shooter, and they have to take him out of the game but they also had to worry about Trent Frazier tonight especially when he got going and Aaron Jordan has got to find ways to get open to take more than three three three-pointers uh if he's just got to take shots you're gonna play 34 minutes he's not a great defensive player it's just not in his I mean he just does okay defensively because he's just not skilled enough to be a great defensive player and so if he's not playing great defense he's only taking three shots why is he on the floor Why is he playing 34 minutes? I realize we don't have a lot of other options. He's got to find ways to get open through screens, through cuts, whatever's in the the spread offense that he can do. But he's got to take more than three shots for Illinois to be successful because three-point shooting was not good tonight for Illinois. Six of 19, that's not getting it done. And that's part of the reason is because one of of the best three-point shooters in the Big Ten easily so far this year took one.
1: Ohio State, by the way, in their last game against Minnesota, did not allow a three. Minnesota was 0 of 13, so just kind of proves your point there. Uh, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 texter says, totally discouraged, bad as I've seen in a line-eye team look. Coach needs to coach to the talents of his players instead of forcing to insist them. For what it's worth, Brad Underwood, you know, whether you think this is a spin or what, uh, he was asked in his uh, pre-game media scrum before the team traveled uh, to Chicago, uh, if there's any discouragement in the locker room, and he said no, and Brad Underwood also says that, uh, you know, he would rather play a tough schedule than be 6-1 and one and play nobody and not know anything about his team. Again, believe how much of that what you want, but that's what the coach said. All right, we've got uh, three or so texts here on the same topic. I'm not going to read them all. Brad in uh, – excuse me, Brian in Idaho, who's one of our frequent texters, and also Rich in Leroy, uh, wanting to talk about the Chicago game. Uh, this was sparsely attended tonight. They did not release an official attendance on the box score. Maybe on purpose. You never know. My best guess is anywhere between 1,500 and 2,000. Uh, middle of the afternoon, I went on Ticketmaster and StubHub, and there were still tons of tickets available in oh, the yeah. lower bowl. Uh, you could get them uh, for as cheap as 20 bucks in the upper bowl. Um, this Chicago game. I have no problem with the Chicago game, and I know scheduling is a complicated matter, but I think you have to put the puzzle pieces together to make it a game where a lot of people will want to go to. Now, obviously, the main driver is how good Illinois is going to be. I get that. If Illinois is not good, no one's going to go to the games, whether you play them in Champaign or in Alaska. I get that. But based on what you can control, the opponent... Make it a good non conference opponent if you can get one. Maybe mm-hmm. a butler, maybe a Notre Dame. I know I that's believe, a pie in the sky dream, but I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know why we're not playing Butler. Um
2: because they 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 the Bulldogs would beat us. That's right. probably why.
1: And number two, I say play it on a weekend. That way more people can get there.
2: Yeah, I, I just I don't a Wednesday night game in Chicago, people from here aren't going to go. I mean, I'm not saying nobody from here went tonight. I'm sure there were, but Who's gonna go on a work night to Chicago and come back to work the next day? For a, you know you're gonna get home you know 10 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock depending on what time you get out of the arena and get in your car or how far, how far you park away and then get to your car and get back home and I mean no one's gonna very few people are gonna drive from here and go there. And I realize the thousands of alums that are in Chicago and you want to give them a game to go to. So that goes to your point. It needs to be on the weekend because they also work tomorrow. And if Illinois is not very good, they can sit on their couch and watch it. And then, you know, if they got kids, you know, get them ready for bed and put them to bed because they got school tomorrow and not not disrupt their evening. If Illinois is 2005, anywhere near that good, uh, automatic NCAA tournament team. You know, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. <laughs> I mean, it could be a Monday night and be at 9 o'clock, and it's still going to be sold out c- up in Chicago. It's, Illinois is just not very good right now. Five straight NCAA missed, NCAA missed tournaments. And, until you start returning to the tournament and, and on a consistent basis, not just a one-year wonder, you're going to have to f- just dump that game. I mean, it, I it just I don't know what they're getting out of it in terms of PR from the game standpoint. The other side of the coin that a lot of fans don't think about is that there, yes, there are a lot of alums, but it's also a donor meeting opportunity, and they use that to smooth with donors and take them to the game, and and, you know, at the United Center, an NBA arena with NBA suites and all that kind of stuff. And and to me, um, that's what this is about for them. This isn't about having a game in Chicago. This is about treating the donors to... Yeah, the high. alumni base and the donors. And this, this arena here is, looks great now. I mean, the renovation of State Farm Center looks fantastic. But a, state, a an NBA arena suite is totally different. And I, I just can't think of one positive reason having a weeknight game. Now, the... And also thing people might forget about is Illinois did not lose a home game per se compared to previous seasons. This is the first year of 20 Big Ten games. You had nine conference home games last year. You're going to have nine conference home games this year because you gave one up in Chicago. I don't see this as a loss of a home game. I just see it as bad timing in the middle of the week. They're, you know, have you, you know, UNLV, you'd like to have a marquee non-conference opponent at home. I get that. But play that game in Chicago Saturday. Is the attendance going to be much better? Probably not, because, again, Illinois is not very good. And until Illinois figures out how to win basketball games again, I don't care what day of the week that game is. I don't care who the opponent is. It could be Duke. You're going to have more Duke fans there than Illinois fans. Brian in Idaho
1: uh, on the text line with the assist here. He says uh, 5,285 was the announced attendance. Of course, we all know that's based on tickets sold, and I think Jason Davis has an opinion on that getting nastier than pork rinds. Nastier than pork rinds. Yeah. All right. Hey, it is time for our Pekin Insurance Beyond the Expected Play. This is brought to you by Pekin Insurance. For Beyond the Expected coverage and service, contact an independent Pekin Insurance agent today. Visit PekinInsurance.com. How many times have we seen the Illini go to the lob this season with not-so-great results? Well, tonight, at least once, it worked.
0: Here is Frazier across the timeline to Iodusumu, Sumu. Left wing Devontae. Williams out, Aaron Jordan, alley oop. Josumu with the layup. Nice. Good find, great pass. Josumu with the layup, his first two of the game. He had 10 the other night in Lincoln.
1: That is our peak in insurance beyond the expected play. We will take a timeout. John indicator is holding on on the phone lines. We will get to you. We've got some more texts to get to as well. And I still want to take a look at the big picture win total for the Illini this season. What do you think? Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show. And one-way falls to Ohio State in Chicago, 77-67. Uh.
0: Uh, here's Frazier. He got something good with a layup on the right baseline. Drives in, lays it up and in. Frazier dribbles to the left corner. Chased into the corner by Woods, splits the defense. Pull up from 17, is good. Three, oh, Frazier! Split two defenders. Pulled up from the left elbow, 17 feet out. Frazier with nine.
1: You can maybe say parting the Red Sea, splitting two defenders with red jerseys. I'll be here all night. Be sure to tip your waitress. All right, this is the fasteners etc. cetera post game show? We're resorting to this. Ohio State beats Illinois in Chicago, 77-67. Trent Frazier finishes with eighteen points, but uh, goes down late with a bruised tailbone, is what Brad Underwood said post-game. That's at least his prognosis at this point. So we'll see what his availability is for UNLV coming up on Saturday. Three five six nine three nine seven is the PNC Bank Fan Line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is three five one five three five seven. We go back to the phones down to Decatur. This is John. Hi, John.
4: Hi, guys. How you doing there tonight? Pretty good. Well, I'm going to have to go right at you and go face-to-face. If Robbie Hummel was here, I'd let him get on the phone and talk to you about Jordan's defense. But but any, anyway, uh, let's talk about him. Six points is all. Yeah, I'd like to see him shoot a few more threes. You know,
2: let's run some plays for him. Let's, let's pick for him instead of picking for everybody else, which he is doing, you know. Uh, let, let's get him in an open shots. You know, he did get four
4: rebounds. You forgot to mention that. He did have four steals. And I think you forgot to mention that, too.
2: That goes along with his two assists. So uh, let's talk about Jordan.
1: All right, Michael, rebuttal since you brought yeah, up Jordan uh, before. Again,
2: like, that's, those are great side stats, but Illinois needs offense right now, especially when Trent Frazier was in foul trouble, and he took one three-pointer, and we don't know if they ran sets for him because Ohio State may have cut them off. Uh, which you know, kudos to Ohio State's defense. So that's great that he that he had four rebounds is okay. I mean, it, if for a guard, it's pretty solid, I guess, for a guard. Um, but he needs to take more shots and get him within the flow of the offense. Don't force things, but he can't take one three pointer in thirty four minutes. And Aaron Jordan's a great kid. He is from what he was his first two years to what he is now. I think he's an important player of the team for his three point shooting. That's why he's out there. I, I mean, that's not disputable. Like, he's on the floor because of his three point shooting ability. He's not on the floor for those other things. Because he is on the floor so much, Brad Underwood wants him to get those rebounds. Brad Underwood wants him to do with those other things that the caller just mentioned. Um, but he cannot only take one three point attempt. He he cannot do that. Four steals is great, but you know what? The, the team had twelve steals tonight and Ohio State having had nineteen turnovers. It felt like thirty. So it wasn't really that hard to get steals tonight because Ohio State was throwing the ball away constantly. Ohio State was horrible with the ball today. Yeah. The pressure had, defense uh, got them a lot. Nineteen turnovers. I mean but again it felt like a lot more than that because there were stretches in the game in the first half and in the second half where Ohio State was just basically stopping their dribble and is handing it to Illinois. Like gets possession after possession, multiple possessions in a row it was happening. And so getting four steals was not difficult uh, tonight for in- any player. Kudos to him for being in the right place at the right time. But I- I just, I- I'm i going to say it till I'm blue in the face. He's got to shoot more than one three-pointer.
1: We'll go back to the phones in a moment, but you wanted to make another point about the attendance.
2: Yeah, the attendance number, and thanks for uh, Brian for sending that over. I, I'm sure we, you know, it, it wasn't on the, the stat sheet we have, and so I mean, it, it may have been announced during the game, what have you, but uh, maybe it's on the official box score. But um, five thousand two hundred eighty five, easily double that, if not, I eleven or for a Big Ten home game here in Champaign, it's eleven or twelve thousand. You know, going into this game on a weeknight with a very weak Team, even if Illinois is not two and seven now, let's say Illinois is four and five instead, and so they're four and four going into this game tonight. You're still going to have five thousand people there because it's a weeknight in Chicago for an Illinois basketball team. You're just not going to get attendance. So this is why it's these games are not about the games. And from my standpoint, because the team isn't very good, you get absolutely nothing. By having a basketball game there, from a program standpoint, I, I just I, I want someone to give me a reason to play any games in Chicago right now for for Illinois basketball from a basketball standpoint, not from the side stuff with the donors and schmoozing with the donors and whining and dining them. From a basketball standpoint, I can't think of one positive reason any day of the week because Illinois is not winning. If Illinois is winning, you're getting 24,000 there, and that's nearly ten thousand more than you get here. So then it's great.
1: And those games have been not They're amazing. Not not too long
2: ago. There were good crowds at the United States. The Center. atmospheres were crazy it, good. And I just from watching on TV, not even being in the arena. I mean, when you get twenty three thousand Alana fans against a Real opponent, not some garbage Illinois Chicago team. No offense, it's a great university. It's no offense, but it's a garbage, you know, Horizon League program. And I know D Brown's the assistant there now, but they haven't done good for a long, long, long time. And you lost that game. Um, when you're playing a real opponent up there and Illinois is good and you've got 23,000 people there, I'll play that game there all the time. But Illinois is not good right now. And you get five thousand people there, and I every time I they show the crowd shot on TV, I wanted to, I just wanted to close my eyes, and just cry myself to sleep. Like it's <laughs> depressing to see twenty thousand empty seats, and you could even see the upper deck. There were twenty. What did it see? Twenty four thousand. Something like that. I mean, I, I could look up the the on the Bulls website, but it's you're talking almost twenty thousand empty seats. 18,000 empty seats tonight. How is that excusable? Like, I mean, how how are you okay with that from a program standpoint? I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox though. because I've been in a glass case of emotion, Brian. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't handle it.
1: It wouldn't be a post game show without Stephen Peoria. What's up, Steve?
3: Terry Michael. Thanks for having me on. Kind of quiet tonight. Where is everybody? Simeon, come on. You're not in bed out in Virginia. Give us a call tonight. Uh, hey, we will now. Josh Whitman, I hope you're listening. No more Chicago games. None. I don't care what day of the week. No thank you. If you're going to take out the the big money people, take them to a Bulls game, Bears game, or something. But we don't need to be playing up there right now. I don't
2: think we you want to take them to get a get Bulls game together. right now. <laughs> Maybe do a Bears oh, game. Wait,
3: that, that, well, it depends on who the Bulls are playing, though. Oh, hey, true. come on now. The Golden State. Okay. All right. That, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, um. Couple things the coach said uh, on his post game. I'm like, okay, come on now, coach. You've been you've been repeating yourself. Uh, he he is saying he's got to do a better job co- coaching. Uh, I don't you know I don't know what it means overall or what he's talking about coaching. But it, but stop saying it and and, and do it, okay? Um, he talked about uh, the missed layups and um, you know are they uncontested contested? I mean if they're contested that uh, I, I don't like our odds making those layups anyway because mostly our guys play underneath the rim anyway. So it's not like we attack the basket, you know. And uh, so, uh, Trent, you know, you hear about this, the, these guys and uh, improving their, their vertical jumps and stuff, and I don't see it. And, and maybe it doesn't equate to playing at the rim or above the rim, but that, that's how I usually think about it, you know. So, um, the mislayups, yes, that, that that can be you know misconstrued in a way. Um, and as far as our um, wins this year, I, I was hoping for um, nit, you know, five hundred. But I, I, I yeah, I, I was hoping now. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. To be honest with you, if we're gonna get ten wins this year, you know, and that, that that's sad. So um, just hope. Uh, and, and and you know, once again about the Chicago game. You know, if we'd have played it, and I, and I know I'm not politically correct when it comes to this, but Assembly Hall it always will be the Assembly Hall to me. So if we'd have played <laughs> it at home, maybe that crowd could have gave us a little extra push because we'd probably had another seven, eight thousand, maybe ten thousand more, in, you know, in our home instead of playing up in Chicago in front of. What, you guys said 2,000 people or whatever? Uh, yeah,
1: that was our rough guess. I mean, the, the announced crowd was about 5,300, but, but that's our That's our, sold. That's our yeah, rough that, estimate. Hey, Steve. That,
3: that, that's terrible, though.
1: Hey, good to hear from you, man. Thanks, Steve. Thank you.
2: Yep. He's
1: from Peoria! You know, Steve mentioned verticals. For what it's worth, Io did have ad... Seven inches do his vertical in the offseason, and we're told two to three is the average. But I agree with Steve that he hasn't shown a ton of jumping ability this season. He's shown a lot of speed and and quick bursts to the hoop, but not a ton of jumping ability.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of... I, I'm, I'm watching him closely lately. They need him to be more aggressive. I think he's just kind of feeling his way out. I think he and Trent are still learning how to play together and... And had two guys who wanna have the ball all the time and they're trying to figure out how to deal with that and that takes some time. That that's seriously th- I mean, not to compare them to the twenty eleven Miami Heat, but those guys were pretty bad the first twenty games together. But I mean and then they went to four straight NBA finals. I'm not saying that's anything like that's gonna happen here. What I'm saying is when guys are ball dominant and you put them on the same team. It takes a while for them to adjust because Trent was the show last year, and then Io comes in and he's a five-star recruit, top twenty-five, top thirty kid in the country. He wants the ball in his hands, and I think it's going to take some time for those two to figure it out because Trent was incredibly aggressive tonight, and I don't. Io just needs to just when he's got the ball go to the rim. Yeah, I mean, play his don't game. Don't force it. Play his game. But he can get to the rim, and Illinois needs him to be aggressive and get to the rim. I don't want Io out chucking threes, chucking. You know, free throw line jumpers, mid range jumpers. I want I O driving the ball, or the, driving and kicking, or driving the rim and getting fouled and going to the free throw line. That's what I want I O to to do, and I don't see a lot of it right now, of late.
1: And one of my falls to Ohio State, 77-67. Time for another check of our scoreboard. Evan Kahn joins us. Seven, take it away.
5: Yeah, we'll update those few games still going on in college basketball. North Carolina now pulling away from UNC Wilmington, sixty-six to forty-four, about halfway through the second half. There, the Big Ten game, Nebraska still up by ten over Minnesota, sixty to fifty. Minnesota just made a layup, so sixty to fifty-two, about twelve minutes to go in that one. Then Villanova is starting to pull away from Temple. They're up by four, fifty-one to forty-seven, with four minutes to go. In that game, we don't really follow the NBA much here in downstate. So the only other news would be that the Cardinals have acquired six-time All-Star Paul Goldschmidt to play first base for 2019. Uh, gave up a pitcher, a catcher, a organizational-type guy, and a draft pick for him. He's only signed for one year. They're, they're going to go all-in. I it's going to be an exciting week out in Vegas this next week with the Winter Meeting.
2: It is, and I think that um, Luke Weaver, uh, the pitcher, starting pitcher the Cardinals gave up, he had a really difficult season this past season, really struggled. Uh, he's a young pitcher, has some ability, but he's got to get a third pitch. Uh, I don't worry about losing him because the, the list of players the Cardinals did not give up today to get Goldschmidt is just extensive and pretty impressive from a minor league standpoint. And then Carson Kelly, Yadier Molina, isn't going anywhere next season, so Carson isn't going to play. So he's just going to stay in Memphis and not play. So I'm fine with that as well. And the the infielder they gave him, he might turn out to be okay. And that compensatory pick, I don't even care about that at all. I think – so Illinois – the Cardinals will probably end up signing him to a long-term deal because I think he's going to like it there and I think he's going to stay. And so unless Carson and Luke Weaver become these amazing players, which I don't actually see that happening, I think the Cardinals really came out Gangbusters today.
5: Yeah, hopefully Paul Goldschmidt doesn't Jason Hayward the Cardinals. Yeah, Ooh. that's
2: not going to happen. That's <laughs> that's not going to happen. Thank you, Evan.
1: Appreciate leave that. The room.
2: Don't talk to me the rest. Of the-
1: and uh, Evan's taking some of the equipment with him. Watch out there. All right, I think that's a signal that we need to take a time out. We'll have more after this.
0: Buckeyes spread their arms out in the zone. Illinois hands it, leading 9-6. Luther head. Top of the key to D. Brown. Free throw line to Smith. Right wing to Harrington. Three, it's good for Sean Harrington.
1: Now, I fooled you a little bit there, didn't I? I figured we'd play a highlight from a winning game tonight. That was in 2003, Illinois, the last time they played Ohio State at the United Center. And that was in the finals of the Big Ten Tournament, Illinois winning its first Big Ten Tournament title in men's basketball program history under Bill Self. So a little flashback there on the Fasteners, etc. postgame show. We have to come back to Earth, though. Illinois loses this one tonight to Ohio State, 77-67. Illinois 2-7 on the year, 0-2 in conference play with UNLV coming to town on Saturday. Our game day coverage is at 11.30, and our... Uh, Tip-off will be at 1 o'clock. I say our tip-off. It'll be the game's tip-off, but we will uh, certainly have the call with Brian Barnhart. The headline in tomorrow's News Gazette, more of the same. Plenty of coverage from uh, Scott Ritchie and the team there, so be sure to check that out in tomorrow's News Gazette and at IlliniHQ.com. Three five six nine three nine seven is the PNC Bank Fan Line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is three five one five three five seven. Tweet us using the hashtag PNC uh, Some texts to get to a six three zero texter says I went to the United Center game against Duke, Clemson, uh, Carolina, Arizona. Was a heck of an atmosphere. Teams were brought in that uh, there were teams that were brought in that never made sense. He says uh, he or she says UIC, UNLV, et cetera. Chicago's wanting Illinois to get back to prominence. However, Walker, uh, Coach Jamal Walker, needs to go, this texter said. Underwood needs to bring in another recruiter. Why is Auburn bringing in five stars or Vanderbilt, Indiana, Ohio State, especially when those teams haven't had great success in the last five years?
2: Well, let me start with Ohio State. Uh, huge city, a lot of resources. Um, it's much easier to recruit to Ohio State just because Columbus, Ohio is a really good, big-time city, and Champaign-Urbana is not that level in terms of population and, and jobs and, and things like that because it's just different uh, there. If you've ever been to Columbus, you'd, you'd understand if you had been through there. Indiana, I mean, yeah, they haven't had a ton of success lately, but they were number one seed in the NCAA tournament just a couple of years ago, Big Ten champions recently. Tom Crean had a couple of successful seasons winning conference championships. Unfortunately, not a lot of NCAA tournament success, but it's Indiana. I mean, what, the, five, the tradition. The tradition yeah. is there five national championships. Indiana is a basketball state. There's nothing else to do there but play basketball. <laughs> Auburn is Bruce Pearl, and I don't, do I need to say more? He's Bruce Pearl. He does some And things. there's that man again. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he does some things that cross the uh, rule book line, if you will. And Vanderbilt, I don't know why they're getting five-star players. I can't answer that one. I don't think it has anything to do with Jamal Walker. I, I, I really believe, and I'll wrap this up here, I really believe that it's flat out because Illinois is a bad basketball program right now and there's nothing to sell in terms of success.
1: Three, uh 309 texter says, uh, for the fans who wanted to get rid of Bruce Weber, how many times has he made it to the tournament since leaving Illinois? He has made it to the tournament four times, including the Elite Eight last year. All right, we go back to the phones. Peter and Urbana. Hey, Peter. Hi, guys. How you doing? Not bad. Always good to hear from you.
6: Yep. Uh, It's, it's the Bruce Weber comment. I just have to respond to the reason why Bruce Weber – uh, had to go is because he couldn't recruit here. And, you know, that, that was, you know, he was, he was, didn't, didn't, um, uh, capitalize on the success of yeah. the, uh, of the, you know, the championship game, um, uh, the appearance and it never, never could capitalize on that. The recruiting was horrible. And, and that's, that led to his demise. So, and, and there was no prospect of that getting better. And, you know, in mm-hmm. Kansas state, it's a different situation for him just because, they're recruiting there for some reason and, and, uh, but
2: well, but, Peter, uh, he's, re- he's recruiting, sorry to cut you off there. He's recruiting his type of guys and, and, and that's why it's working. That's what he did at Southern Illinois here toward the end. He was recruiting guys that other people wanted that didn't necessarily fit him, fit his personality and bringing, I mean, I've, obviously Brandon Paul was a great player for Illinois, but you know, Jeremy Richmond was not a kid that was a, Personality type kid for Bruce Weber, uh, but he got he took him because he was a really good player. But there was a head case issue there. But he just went back to his roots, and that's why he's getting players that play hard for him and that play his system and that do things he wants to do, and they don't fight him. And I think that's why it's working there. Peter, what oh, do you yeah, think I, about I,
1: what do you think about tonight's well, thought,
2: game, Peter?
6: Well, tonight's game, I it's just you just you, again it's hard to compete when you are. Uh, you know, you, you you just you're you're out recruited, and you don't have the players uh, on the interior that other other teams have. Uh, you just you just can't you just can't compete, and that just you know unless you recruit these people. And this has been I've been more or less noticing this, and even when I've called in harping on this for a, a number of years now, is that you you have to develop you have to recruit the people, especially in Big Ten play. You have to you have to recruit big rim protectors that can score. And we, we, we've been just an absolute failure in getting that done. And uh, we, we look undersized year in and year out, and we are undersized year in and year out. And, uh, and um, you know, and, and the, the one thing that I wanted to, to bring up when I called, I, I think that if this continues, and, and unfortunately, your shows will suffer as a result because the, the apathy will will kind of translate into a lack of phone calls and text messages. But you might want to consider looking up historically bad periods of Illinois football and basketball, you know, in the same years and see if you you know see what you find in terms of of you know comparisons. And so, what we're you know involved in right now, uh, like say, hopefully, hopefully, football showed a little bit of progress and it will get better, but. But right now, I mean, when you have a historically bad loss like you did to Iowa and 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 that type of history being made by the football program and you have history being made by this program in terms of, of a record to start a season and, and not much optimism that it's going to get much better as the season progresses, I, I just wonder how that would compare <laughs> with, with – uh, Uh, seasons in the past in terms of looking at both programs and looking what Illinois fans had to suffer through in the, in the past. And because this is obviously, you know, depressing, bad, and, and you're, you're looking for uh, something to grasp onto for future success. But uh, especially with basketball, uh, especially right now, just looking at basketball, I mean, unless the recruiting uh, gets better, I mean, you, you just, you know, the, the basketball is going to continue to flounder.
1: Hey, Peter, interesting thoughts. We appreciate you checking in. Um, I don't remember which media member this was, and I don't mean to lift from this person, so I apologize for not remembering the name, but uh, I saw someone post on Twitter, nineteen oh six oh seven, yeah. when Illinois... Uh, they only played 11 games the entire season, so, you know, it's apples to oranges comparison. But uh, Illinois went 1-10 in 10 that season. They won their first game against the Peoria YMCA, against, uh, in case you're curious, and then they lost uh, the rest of the season. <laughs> that was only the second season in program history. Again, it's a century ago, apples to uh, oranges comparison, but there's some history there. And uh, maybe when I have some free time, I'll go... Digging deeper into the record books Because uh, I'm kind of a glutton for punishment I like to do that uh, Peter, appreciate you checking in with us uh, It is time now for our keys to the game These are brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champaign The unlimited value of the right team When banking expert will steer you in the right direction A whole team of them will take you to your destination Hickory Point Bank Invested They're also brought to you by Loman Ray Insurance A couple of things I wrote down Number one, free throw shooting for the Illini They were about a 68% free throw shooting 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 team uh, coming into tonight's ball game that was improved tonight Uh, they end up going 85 percent from the free throw line 15 of 19 in the first half eight of eight in the second half and then dion brought this up several times on the uh, broadcast the pinch post that it's no secret illinois runs it brad underwood runs it teams know about it and lately teams have been clogging that up and not allowing illinois to get a good pass and uh, I got to give all the credit in the world to Dion on this because he is the analyst and he was right on the money. Uh, he said, A, the player, Illinois player either needs to make a harder cut or do a stutter step and then drive so that your defender is tailing you. And Illinois did that a couple times tonight, so there was at least some modest improvement there.
2: Yeah, that the uh, pinch post elbow handoff thing, though, is driving me crazy because it gets knocked away so many times because uh, guys just are – handing it off when it's not there and the ball's knocked away and you know there's a turnover that's happened so many times uh you know my key is going again to tonight was just to avoid the scoring droughts uh give yourself a chance and illinois did that for some time tonight actually put ohio state in a scoring drought in the first half uh withstood a couple of 7-0 runs by ohio state finished that first half on um what a 16 to 4 run i believe sounds about right and uh, but then just the second half, you went about six minutes without scoring and give up a fifteen to a two run during that stretch, and put yourself out of the game. And I that 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 end of the game right there, obviously the officiating was terrible, but officiating d- didn't get you know, allow a fifteen to two run, and I, I, that was just where the game uh, changed for me. And, and unfortunately, Illinois just continues to have these droughts that cost them games. How many games they let at halftime against very quality opponents. And have just failed to continue that momentum in the second half, and it's cost them every game that they've lost.
1: Keys to the game brought you by Hickory Point Bank and Loman Ray Insurance. Still time for some calls and texts. We'll take a timeout on the Fasteners et cetera post game show. Seventy-seven sixty-seven is the final tonight in Chicago, Illinois Falls to the Buckeyes.
0: I look to help, they do, it's Jackson dribbling, dribbling, threw it away, another turnover, tried to hit Young, Nichols the other way for the layup, another turnover, points off of turnovers for Kipper Nichols that time, and the Illini have their biggest lead, 35-32, minute 50 left in the half. Here is Jackson. Puts it on the floor. Lost the handle. Another Ohio State turnover. Nichols ahead to Dosumu Under the basket. Pass to Felice. Drives. Layup is good. Now
1: Illinois turning some defense into offense late in the first half. Illinois led 38-34 at the half. Falls to Ohio State tonight. 77-67 to drop to 2-7 on the season 0-2 oh, in conference play. Points off turnovers tonight for the Illini 26. This is the Fasteners, etc. post game show. Tim and Michael with you. Evan Kahn behind the scenes and also handling our scoreboards. PNC Bank fan line 3569397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. The hashtag on Twitter, if you want to reach us, is PNC Bank Illini. 815, texter on the uh, text line, this is Larry in Springfield, actually, says the game in Chicago should be dropped. Underwood needs to adapt the team he has and play his own. We have no inside defense, and I don't know if this is tongue-in-cheek or not. Can Underwood have Coach Henson come in? to coach them up. Well, Coach Henson is a great motivator, but he's not in a position to do that right now. Um, I said in the beginning I wanted to talk big picture, and we have just a few more minutes left here, and I want to do that. Illinois, want 2-7, 0-2 in conference play, and uh, UNLV coming to town this Saturday. Then you go East Tennessee State, the Bragging Rights game in St. Louis against Missouri, Florida Atlantic, before you step back into Big Ten play at Indiana. The Big Ten this year... Looking pretty good. Even some of the bottom feeders like Rector's looking pretty good. Nine teams either ranked or receiving votes this week. East Tennessee State and Florida Atlantic, I think you can check those off as wins.
2: Beyond that, I don't know where the wins are going to come from, Michael. Uh, I, th- I I just went through and uh, probably, I, th- I missed one somewhere, so my math's off. I, I got about nine more wins. And twelve losses, so give or take on each of those, because I went too fast since my math a little bit off. Because we don't have that many games left, I'm off by one or two there. Um, but there's a good chance from looking at Illinois could win the next four games. Uh, UNLV is is not a, a world beater uh, right now, um, and I, I need to you know break them down a little bit more. But you know East Tennessee State, there's no way that we're going to lose that game. Florida Atlantic and Missouri is just average. Uh, so that's Illinois could win. It would be the sixth straight win of that series. Is that correct? If Illinois wins. Sounds about right. Yeah. And you know,
1: the guys are going to get up for that game because of the, you know, oh, Tillman geez. and Smith storyline. Pick,
2: right. uh, um, I think Illinois' first Big Ten win is going to come on January 16th against Minnesota because it's here, not there at, okay. at the barn. So a lot of people are saying Rutgers would be the first Big Ten win. Rutgers is, you know, was one of Wisconsin the other night. So I think Illinois is going to win the Minnesota home game, but I think Illinois is going to get to about 11 or 12 wins, Ten, us say 10 to 12 wins this season. Um, and the Minnesota big Ten will be a Big Ten win here. Not that one. Nebraska, I think Illinois might win, maybe win that one. Rutgers here. And Penn State here, that'll basically, in Northwestern. Because Northwestern is just pedestrian. They're pedestrian last year. Now Bryant McIntosh is gone. I think I see Illinois getting to three to five Big Ten wins and and get to about ten to twelve wins overall. And again, they have several non-conference games left to help them get there. But I think there's a possibility that Illinois could win four straight, and we would learn absolutely nothing <laughs> in those four <laughs> games because it's just not top competition. This finally Illinois is in a stretch of the schedule to where um, you know. They're having some easy competition, meaning East Tennessee State and Florida Atlantic instead of this constant you know, power five opponent, or at least close to that every night.
1: Nebraska, by the way, leading at Minnesota tonight, 71-68 with about four minutes left to go. Joe Texan on the text line, 1973 football and basketball with Bob Blackman and Harv Schmidt the last time both programs were this bad. Thanks for that insight, Joe. All right, we go to the phones. We had a call out for Simeon earlier, and like a genie, he has appeared from the lamp. Hey, Simeon. Let me actually put you on the air. Now let's go to Simeon. How are you, dude?
7: Hey, how are you guys doing?
1: Sorry about that technical difficulty. What's on your mind tonight?
7: Well, um, I missed uh, Steve earlier. I hope uh, he's doing well and you guys are doing well. I just had a few comments, um, and I'm pretty sure this was covered already, but the officiating I thought was horrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, one of the things, I know I probably everybody's talked about the and one of the things that I noticed that's kind of hurting us is, and I know Underwood must be putting the best guys on the floor, but we have guards playing forward positions, and we just don't match up, and that limits us to one shot. We don't have any six eight, six nine athletic guys out there. Um, I know it was a big emphasis on getting a, a, a big guy, a couple big guys. I know we needed that, but we don't have any. Right now, six eight, six nine guys that can uh, go and get a rebound or go to the basket. We we just
2: like a Caleb Wesson from guard. Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, we 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 just have guards
7: uh, and they're doing the best that they can. But um, you know, they just uh, the forwards uh, from other teams are taller and more physical. So, and um, what's going on with Tevin was the question I had. Tevian, uh, yeah, in the first, I mean Tevian. And then, um, and I'll come back to that. But the first half, I got a chance to see a little bit of what Underwood was trying to do when we were playing great defense and offense. Um, I said, "Okay, this is what what we're waiting for." Is this right here? We we had that in the at toward the end of the uh, yeah of the first half. We just couldn't sustain it, and I think that's because of our lack of size. Um, so and
2: experience. You know, I, yeah,
7: um, but anyway, um, um, the kid from California, what's going on? When are we going to get him back?
1: Hey, Simeon, I uh, appreciate you uh checking in there, always uh, appreciate from uh, hearing from you in Norfolk. Uh, Tevian on the bench tonight in street clothes. Latest update we've got still suspended, violation of team rules. It is not for a lack of, uh, you know, I always like to jump to the media's defense. It is not for a lack of trying on the media's part. Those things just don't come out, at least on the record.
2: Yeah, they don't we're, come we're, out. On the in record. other
1: words, we're not going to know what he did to get suspended. It's not, we're going to, we may be told off the record, but yeah. we're not going to find out on the record. So basically, what we know is what you know. He continues to be suspended.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, that's the unfortunate part. And I'm always in the camp of, Throw these guys under the bus. Let the people know what the mistake that they made that got them to, the suspended the suspension to take place to begin with, and I think that maybe it'll deter some of these guys. But because it's a secret rule violation, um, publicly people don't know. There's always speculation. I mean, obviously. Um, some of the media members find out, you know, sometimes I'm able to find out what these things are just by asking people in the know. Um, but the coaches are never going to go on the record with it. And so you just never find out. And I just, I just have never understood the whole s- secrecy thing. Why the protection, these guys are making mistakes. Um, I know they're just college kids, but they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, but it could be a, any number of things in general, um, you know, late to class late to practice late to meetings, or doing some illegal things. It can be any number of things these guys do, and they get suspended, and we never know what they are. Uh, it's and unfortunately for him, I don't know how much he'd be playing right now, right. Um, because he is only a freshman. But he's got some athleticism, some you know, so he's got some ability there, and you know, put him out there and see what he could do at, at times, especially when you're struggling. And and now he's losing valuable minutes. Potentially. Again, I don't know how much he would actually play, but because he got suspended and I don't know when he's coming back, my guess is, and gosh, how many games does he miss now? I believe this is a three. Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, I have to go back and look at the box scores. And, um, but um, So let's just say three for the sake of this conversation for the moment. Um, I'm hoping the suspension's over soon and get him in there these in these in against East Tennessee State and Ford Atlantic and see what he can do.
1: Yeah, against lesser quality opponents. Yeah, and
2: get his confidence back up and get him going because I think you know they're going to need him to figure this out and have a Kendrick Nunn Malcolm Hill type thing where they just grow started those guys early in their freshman season at Penn State and just let them figure it out and 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 the, those guys turned to be pretty good players unfortunately Kendrick Nunn didn't finish his career here for obvious reasons but uh, he's losing value, valuable opportunities and valuable reps no matter how many reps he would be getting just getting reps in general would help him and it's unfortunate that uh, he had to make a mistake Mitch Barry on the text line says, I hope Coach Underwood can sign
1: a center and a forward for the class of 2019. If not, I don't see the Illini being much better next season. Seems to be a recurring theme. All right, we will take a timeout, one final timeout, and come back and wrap things up after this. Fasteners, et cetera, postgame show. Illinois falls to Ohio State 77-67.
0: You cannot miss 13 layups, and uh, that's toughness. That's uh, confidence. That's uh,
1: frustrating as heck yeah. for a coach. Says it about better than I can say it. Brad Underwood with Brian and Dion after the game. Courtside at the United Center, where Illinois falls to Ohio State, 77-67. Ohio State eight and one, two and zero in league play. Illinois two and seven, zero and two in conference play. Home stretch here in the Fasteners, etc. post game show. WDWS Champagne, Champagne Urbana, WHMS Champagne Urbana. Tim and Michael with you. Scott was with Illini Women's Basketball tonight. They got a win at State Farm Center. And as always, Evan Kahn is behind the scenes and helping us out with our scoreboards. As we've said, UNLV comes to town on Saturday. Our game day coverage starts at 1130 of course, we've got extended game day coverage with the I Palace Saturday Sports Talk before that on the AM side, News Talk 1400. And then Scott Beatty has his Illini game day pregame show at 1130 and tip off uh, with Brian Barnhart at 1 p.m. And as you said, Michael, um, you know, UNLV, I don't know a ton about them. I haven't scouted them. Uh, they're not world beaters. This is a winnable game for Illinois, but they got to clean up some mistakes.
2: Yeah, they really do. Um the drought has to stop. Um, they they have to the drought issues have to stop. Uh, they've got to find a way to not allow that to happen. To go, it was fourteen eleven to go in the game, and it was 51-48 Illinois, and then it got down to about eight thirty three, and it was 63-53 Ohio State. That's nearly a six minute stretch where Illinois only scored two points. It was a fifteen to two run. And this is game after game. Illinois led the half against Xavier. I believe they led led the half against Iowa State or right close to it in both of those games. And the droughts in the second half cost in the game where they found themselves down double digits in a game they were leading in the second half or tied or just a couple points behind. And those two games and tonight, just those three examples alone out of seven losses, and just those droughts, four, five, six-minute droughts in all three of those games, Xavier, Iowa State, and tonight against Ohio State cost them those games you just you have to find a way to stop doing that foul troubles the foul issues we've not really talked about the foul issues a lot tonight but man is that a problem they've got to find a way to and brad you heard in the postgame you were sitting right here as he was talking about i was driving in we talked they talked to them about it all the time they just they're young and inexperienced some of these guys are until they can figure out how to stop fouling so much it's going to be the same thing game in and game out with those issues.
1: And Brad's trying to figure it out, too, because he said, uh, you know, we brought – and when I say we, I mean the team. We've brought referees into practice. Sometimes the team doesn't do that, and the problems still persist.
2: Yeah, it just – it continues. And if the foul issues continue, if the – I don't have the two-point field goal percentage in front of me, but it's just that field goal percentage alone is in the 50s. I heard Dave Revson said it tonight earlier in the game. Um, they're giving up well over 50% two-point field goal attempts, and they're fouling a ton, giving up a ton of free throws. It was, I think, a- after Sunday's game, they had given up m- a more than 100 free throws compared to what Illinois has taken. Or, right. Or, I yeah. did see that stat, yeah. I mean, it is just those things alone are going to cost you a lot of games, and we we knew it was going to be a growing pains-type season going in, and he just wanted more than two wins in the first nine games. And it's going to be a difficult ride, I, in, more so than we expected. But as I said Sunday night, I'm going to stand by this until they don't do it. I've said since the summer, this is a team with some talent, some athleticism, that will figure it out late January, early February and start playing better. I don't know how many wins it's going to translate to, but I think we'll be happier with the product and then moving to next season have better prospects because these guys are going to figure it out. And I think you saw that stretch as, as um, our Simeon guy, our friend mentioned. There's that stretch in the first half where the defense was getting steals, creating turnovers, and only went on that 16 to four run to close the half. And that's what this team is supposed to look like. Uh, Brad Underwood team is supposed to look like from the spread offense and defensively. So that's that's the goal there.
1: Michael, it's been fun. Yeah.
2: Wish we could talk about a win, but uh, always
1: fun Sunday. to do it. We don't do post game shows together we very don't. often, so. Uh-huh. Uh, Always fun. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight on the Fasteners, etc. post-game show. Once again, your final tonight, Ohio State 77, Illinois 67 up in Chicago. Illinois drops to 2-7, and 0-2 oh in league play. UNLV comes to town on Saturday. Our game day coverage on both of these fine stations starts at 11.30 for a 1 p.m. tip. So for Michael and for Scott Beatty, who's usually here but is on assignment tonight with women's basketball, Evan Kahn behind the scenes, and everyone with News Gazette Media, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you calling. We appreciate you texting. Wish we'd be talking about a win, but we'll be here regardless. And as I always say, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, Illini fans. Once again, the final... Ohio State 77, Illinois 67. And in the spirit of the Windy City game, a little Frank Sinatra to play us out.
3: Chicago, my hometown. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago, Chicago, I'll show you around. I love it. That's your bottom dollar, you lose the blue. Chicago, Chicago, the town that Billy Sunday could not shut down. On oh, State Street, that great street, I just want to say, they do things that they never do on Broadway. The time, the time of their life I saw a man and he danced with his wife In Chicago 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 That's my
0: The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station.